Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Trackside. This is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Daytona International Speedway. Getting ready to go live globally in sound and vision. No subscription, no blocks, no brakes. Your chance for the first time to see the GTP cars of 2023's IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Series for yourself with an extra session. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. So welcome along in sound and vision, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together from Daytona International Speedway. Hello there, I'm John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as we're getting ready for a little bit of extra time actually because due to the inclement weather yesterday evening, uh, IMSA have decided, I think rather sensibly, to have an additional 15-minute practice session. So effectively, this becomes session six. It's the first time we've had sound and vision together. For those of you here at the Speedway on 107.9, you're going to get an extra 15 minutes to look at the nine new GTP cars. Two Cadillacs, two Porsches, two Acuras. Sorry, three Cadillacs, two Porsches, two Acuras and two BMWs. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. Really smart, this, I think, from IMSA and from Race Control. Nothing following this qualifying session. This is when qualifying was meant to start, but the addition of 15 minutes because there were so few laps turned uh, yesterday evening because of the heavy rain, which, in fact, we had a red flag in the session last night. Yeah, we did, John. A, a couple of red flags at various points, uh, but mostly for the rain that was streaming down the banking um, because it was that heavy. Ooh, um, I've just been walking up and down the pit lane trying to get our qualifying drivers because those are the people already wearing their fire seats, and it looks like it's going to be pretty much the qualifying drivers for the GTP cars that do this practice session. If you see where I'm going there. That, that makes um, sense. That absolutely makes sense, doesn't it? That's what you would do. You wouldn't exactly. put somebody in for 15 minutes and then say, right, off you go. Go and get yourself a cup of tea. We're going to put one of your teammates in. Exactly. And this session is even more useful because the tires that they use in this session do not come out of the allocation for the race, but the tires that come out of the qualifying session, well, you can only use those tires for qualifying or for the race. So in essence, this is a warm-up on a free set of tires, assuming you haven't used them, which you shouldn't have used them because we've had less running because of the weather. So it all does add up all together pretty fairly. So do you want to know who's driving in some of the cars? It's some of the cars. I, I was not able to see into all of the cars, and oh, all of shame. the drivers were not in all of the cars. All right, go um, on then. Well, that was the Reese Ferraris, doesn't it? 
sound lovely. That does. We've got Sebastian Bourdais in the yellow Cadillac. That's the zero one. It's Alexander Lin in the blue one. That's the zero two. Oh, okay. Pippo Durrani is in the red one. That is the <laughs> 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac. We've got Ricky Taylor aboard the number 10. That is the Konica Minolta Acura. I did not see who was in the 60. That's the Meyer Shank Racing Acura. Tom Blomqvist, I reckon. Uh, I would think so, but when you've got a Colin Brown on your lineup too, oh, and call. that crazy guy named Elio Castroneves who never likes to be anything but first, and Simon Pagino, it's kind of hard to choose. Um, we've got... Mr. Nick Tandy aboard oh. the number six Porsche. The number seven went all the way down to pit out before I could sneak in and see who was driving that one. Both of the Porsches are waiting at pit exit for Richard to decide to turn on the green light. Once the green flag is given, I should say it's not just at Richard's discretion. And everybody else is waiting in their pit box. Now, the Porsches are allowed to go to the pit exit because this is a final practice. This yeah. is not qualifying. If we have a red flag in qualifying teams, bring your cars back to your pit box. Do not go wait a pit out. You will then have to do a drive through. There's your warning. I've given it. Just trying to help. Uh, I think it's the two um, Matties in the 6 and 7, 963, Chamonix and Campbell. It is definitely Tandy aboard oh. the number 6. Okay. That was Tandy's helmet. Okay. Um, I can make my way all the way up there, but by don't the worry. time I would get there, they would leave. Uh, don't worry. This is an additional practice session. Practice 6. We only had five on the schedule, but because of the inclement weather and the huge amount of rain that fell yesterday evening, IMSA, in consultation with the GTP teams and manufacturers, have added this in. We'll go qualifying in our normal 15-minute sessions after this. It cleaned the track off, so the track is particularly green as well. Remember, everybody is working in this part of the grid with new machinery, brand new machinery. They've never qualified them before. The Michelin tyres uh, are new for this year as well. Two different Michelin slick compounds, uh, one to be used in slightly cooler conditions than the other. And as you heard Shea mentioning, there has been a change in the tyre allocation. So you can't just uh, choose. Oh, hang on. There we go. The little whizzy, whizzy, whizzy. So that is the takeoff from the hybrid cars, and they're all heading out immediately. The two Porsches have gone, and it is Philippe Nazar in the seven, Nick Tandy oh. in the six. Okay. So those two are already out of the international horseshoe. Uh, conditions nigh on perfect here. 27 degrees Celsius in the air, 37 on the track. That's as warm as we have had it. See who else is going out. Philippe Eng in the 24 BMW. Uh, people Durrani, Shea told us about. Ricky Taylor, Shea told us about in the number 10 Acura. We're just missing the 25 BMW and the 60, the Meyershank Acura. So the Meyershank Acura still hasn't gone out yet. Neither has the number 25 BMW. Do you see either of them down in their boxes, John? I've walked about halfway down the lane, and I just see a sea of people, but I think that's a bit further up. Well, the Meyershank car has just been pushed into pit lane, and okay. they've got the door on the right-hand side open on the white, pink, and blue auto nation machine. What colour is the helmet? And I can't quite see. 
white and blue, possibly with a bit of red on it there. That would be Colin Brown. Okay. That's straining my eyes through the binoculars. Now, where's the other BMW? Uh, that should be there. I can see that the, there's nothing in the BMW pit. No. So the 25 is not on the pit lane. So that is a bit of a conundrum. Right, Porsches starting laps. 24 out on the circuit, 25 not on parade as yet. 12 and a half minutes to go. The first car doing a flying lap is the number six of Nick Tandy. He's got clear circuit as he goes through the right-hander at the International Horseshoe. Now accelerating up through the box with that V8 twin turbocharged engine behind him. The engine that has seen service in the 918 road car and the brilliant bright yellow DHL Penske run spider back in the American Le Mans series days. Tandy now heading out towards turn number six, which will take him back out of the infield and up onto the high banks. Absolutely clear road ahead of him. Sebastian Bourdais in the 0-1 Cadillac. Alex Lynn in the 0-2. One is yellow, blue is two. Remember for that. Not yet seen Philippe Nasser. Well, no, we did see Philippe Nasser. He must have come back in, has he? He did an installation lap, yes, John. Right. They've got the nose of the car off, and they are just checking everything, making sure it's good to go for qualifying. And presumably Ricky Taylor did the same thing. Correct. People, Durani, Durani has stayed out. This is a practice session. I know this is, if you look on your schedule, it would say qualifying, but it would have said qualifying for a different class. Additional 15 minutes of qualifying to allow the GTP cars to dial themselves back into the track. There goes the number 60. And that is Tom Longfist's helmet, John. Okay. You were spot on with that one. That was my original guess, to be honest. Um, he is about to fire the V6 2.6 engine and has done. Now comes to the exit. 140 from Nick Tandy. That is a conservative opening lap. But remember, no, no tyre warmers here. And this is another thing that the drivers are going to have to be getting used to. Uh, the fastest lap we've seen so far by a GTP car was yesterday in the late afternoon session. That was a 135 flat from Colin Brown in the 60 Acura, which led all bar one of the sessions up to yesterday evening. And the reason it didn't lead, lead yesterday evening session is it didn't go out. It was Tandy who was quickest in the wet session uh, yesterday evening. So MSR with something to prove here, rather than setting the standard. 135 is the fastest GTP lap as we've, that we've seen. That's a, an average of 134 and change miles an hour. So Philippe Eng now goes to the top in the BMW M Hybrid V8, the number 24 car. Still not seen. Ah, here is a car. No, that's not the BMW either. So where is the BMW? Number 25. The answer is not on parade for this additional practice session. 
Now, it is only a practice session, Shea, but that's got to be worrying for RLL that that car is not able to take part in this session, even just to get a couple of laps under the wheels as out goes Philippe Nasser again in the number seven. The seven, by the way, is the Porsche with the black pinstripes and side stripes. The six is the one with the white pinstripes and side stripes. I'm not happy with this BMW situation. No, I'm not happy with it either, but they uh, must have really good poker faces because at BMW, they seem... Not bothered by it, um, which is, again, kind of a curious thing. But there's nobody on the 25 box to ask as to why they're not here. Everybody on the 24 box is just watching their car do what it's supposed to be doing. Raw before the 24, final practice before qualifying, additional practice before qualifying. Live in sound and vision if you're here at the track on 107.9. Tell your friends, they can tune in. It will cost them absolutely nothing. IMSA.TV or imsaradio.com and hit the video button so this additional session is halfway through Nick Tandy back to the top with a 35.5 that's only half a second away from the fastest time we've seen by a GTP that was Colin Brown yesterday in the 60 but Alex Lynn is going quicker still by fractions there was nothing between these cars in the quick sessions yesterday. I think six, seven tenths between the top eight and just over a second between all nine of them. They are incredibly evenly matched. They are very, very early on in their development. And when I say very, very early on, I really mean that. Yes, these are massive manufacturers and massive organisations, but these machines are nowhere near the finished article. Big lock up by the number seven Porsche went wide on the outlap by Philip Nasser. I've been seeing this. Outlaps are going to be very, very difficult indeed, particularly when we get to the race next weekend. Shit, Adam. Word from the 25 box the car is still in tech. Oh, so the second BMW still having its technical inspection before it's allowed to come down onto pit lane. Yep. Right, okay. Well, this was an additional session, but they've known about this for a, a good hour or so, maybe a little more. There could have been a long line at Tech as well, though, That's John. true. And it's not like just because you're a GTP car, you get to jump to the front of the line. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Exactly. TSA pre-approved. <laughs> TSA that... and clear. Thank yeah, you very much. Absolutely. Six minutes to go. And Nick Tandy drifts the number six Porsche with that uh, red and white colour scheme, very reminiscent of the... Old uh, Salzburg colour scheme on these cars. Pipo Durrani goes to second. A 35-3 last time around by Tandy. He's knocking on the door. The fastest lap we've seen from GTP this raw weekend so far. Needs to find another three tenths. Bordet going quickly. Bordet going quickly as well in the 0-1. That's the yellow fronted Cadillac. Alex Lynn in the blue fronted Cadillac. Backing up his teammate at the moment. Here comes Tandy, another lap completed. 35-2, chipping away the Englishman. Really wide on the exit of the International Horseshoe. Coming down to under six minutes now. Roger Penske, recruited by Porsche for both its prototype programmes here in IMSA in the US and the FIA World Endurance Championship. They have a satellite operation in Germany, not too far away from Weissach. 
which is where the Porsche Motorsport Worldwide Hub is. Tandy, Durrani, Lynn. Porsche, Cadillac, Cadillac. Felipe Nasser back out again, but a 43 is not representative for that car. Nick Tandy, very neat and tidy through the Le Mans chicane. This is a good middle sector for Tandy. His best. And he's on pace in the first sector as well. Now comes round onto the tri-oval. I can see the headlights to my left. He diamonds the corner off to get down. Under five minutes to go. A 135-4. No, a couple of tenths away there for Tandy. But that was a good middle sector. Just needs to string a lap together here, Nick. How much performance has he got in those Michelin tyres? Four and a half to go. Durrani not going to be quicker this time around. 35-4-4-2. There's two tenths between first and second. This is not qualifying. This is additional practice. Big bump after the first apex of the Le Mans chicane, but the Porsche handling it very nicely indeed. Loads of rear grip on that car. Tandy really leaning on it through the middle section of the Le Mans chicane on the back straight. And he's hammering the kerbs at turn six as well with the left front of that car. That was something that uh, some of the drivers said they were struggling to do, have kerb strikes when old bar Porsche were doing their test at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta after Patina Mon at the October test. Been a lot of running since then. Out onto the racetrack for the first time. Ricky Taylor in the Conning and Minolta Accurate WTR Andretti run now. A partnership of two motorsport giants over here in the US. Three and a half minutes to go. It's going to be a just one flyer, I think, for the number 10. And we've still not seen the number 25 BMW. They're not going to have time. If they're not on pit lane shortly, they are not going to have time to get out in this session. And therefore, they will come called into qualifying later on this afternoon. Qualifying still to come. This an additional session. Identical times posted by Tom Blonkfist and Philippe Nasser. Blonkfist did it first, so the 60 accurate in second. And the top three are separated by under a tenth of a second. Nick Tandy, 135.228. And a 35.308 for both Plonkfist and Nasser. So Felipe Nasser backing up his teammate Nick Tandy. Porsche, Acura, Porsche. Then two tenths back to the Action Express wheel and car, which is pitting under the auspices of Pipo Durrani now. Alex Lynn staying out there. He's four tenths back. But at the front of the field, there is absolutely nothing, nothing at all between the top runners. Alex Lynn in the lane as well now and goes straight behind the wall as Blomqvist goes to the point. 35-0-8-1. Now, I'd have to check, but I think Colin Brown was a 35 8 It was a three-something, so that's not quite as quick as Colin Brown went in that car the only session that that MSR Acura has not topped was the wet session last night when they didn't go out don't read too much into Alex Lynn going back to the garage either John so, they've got about an hour before they need to be back out here 
that's a good point because all the other classes will go through and do their qualifying first of all. Blomqvist, Tandy, Nasa, two tenths of a second between the top three. Three tenths if you're adding people to Rani in third position. So who is still out there that can improve? Nick Tandy, possibly. A minute and 16 to go. Ricky Taylor, yet to put in a representative time, bringing his Michelins up to temperature and pressure. That's the engine you can hear behind my voice. The high revving Acura through the Le Mans chicane. Nails the second apex and the fourth apex, the exit curb, but stayed away from curb one and curb three. Very interesting. Looks very much like Ricky Taylor's on a decent lap here. His splits are holding up. As NASA goes to the top in the number seven. And that is the fastest GTP time we've seen at the Raw. A 34.9. That's 135 mile an hour average around this circuit. Under a minute to go. Remember, if you cross the line with time remaining, you get the lap that you are on. You don't have to stop. Wayne Taylor and Michael Andretti together on the box. Just underlining their new partnership for Wayne Taylor Racing and Andretti Autosport. Checkered flag is out. Blomqvist, a little slow in the final sector. NASA, Blomqvist, Tandy. Ricky Taylor rather a little slow but he's fastest of anybody he's got newer tyres this is only his fourth flying lap now has Ricky Taylor timed this perfectly well there was a conversation going on on the Acura box between Michael Andretti and Wayne Taylor and here comes Ricky through the chicane on the back straight the Le Mans chicane and how good that we'll have Cadillacs at Le Mans and Acuras at Le Mans this year fighting for the overall victory and in the WEC as well for the Cadillac team Tom Blomqvist pits, Nick Tandy pits NASA is there here comes the number 10 goes through and 5th position is only the best that Ricky Taylor can do in this additional practice session final sector again there were half a second down in that final sector so is that just a little lift maybe or are they perhaps I wonder if they're running a bit more wing because he was super quick in the first sector which includes the first part of the infield and that of course will slow them down on the second and third sector he was fine in the second sector right with the fastest time so all over and done with in that additional section uh, session excuse me session six that was session six of five that we had uh, for this afternoon and you've been watching and listening live on IMSA radio hello to Tracy excited to watch the car on the track good evening to Gert finally seeing the GTP cars Wickerbill uh, as well around the world Kevin Payne wonderful to finally see the GTP cars live on the video stream well done him in for the extra 15 minutes Shea Adam down in the pit lane 
So Hello. we didn't see the number 25 car, but that was, let's remind ourselves, the second BMW, let's just remind ourselves, that was only the additional practice session. Yes, that was not mandatory running. That was a bonus session. And the uh, tire allotment is now done for the weekend as far as we are concerned for our LMP3 and both of our GTD classes, the Pro and GTD regular. We now have an interesting uh, situation, John, because when we roll over into the practice sessions, which begin on Thursday for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, there are still tire allotments for the LMP2 and the GTP cars that will not count towards their race allotment, but we don't know how many sets of each they've used from each, if you see what I mean, because they've used those throughout the roar. So life gets a little bit more complicated for those two classes. Will we get uh, an idea of what's happening? Is that your uh, understanding that we'll get some kind of uh, printout that says who's got what in terms of new tyres? No, no. Um, that sort of information is collected by Michelin, but it's not often disclosed. But the thing that we can follow is that in LMP3, GTD Pro and GTD, we can assume that when we get into the Rolex week, everyone has their allotted number of tires as written in the SSR. We know what they all begin with. We don't know what it is for P2 and uh, GTP, if you see what I mean. Yeah, because it takes in part of what they've already used. Correct. Yeah, yeah I see exactly what you mean. More of a oh, mystery. Right, so next, the most cars <laughs> that we will see on the track at one time, I think, yes, uh, will be... How many will we have here? We've got 24, 24 from GTD. Yeah. We've got nine from GTD Pro. So by my count, that's 33 cars on correct. track at the same time for qualifying around 3.56 miles. It's going to be a bit congested. But in times past, we've seen manufacturers work together to try and help Good one point. another get better lap times. I'm thinking of Corvette a few years ago. And I've gotten a, by all means, not comprehensive, but still very interesting just, list of drivers, if yeah, you'd like them. Just before that, yep. uh, uh, and it will affect what you tell me in the next couple of minutes. Are there any regulations about who has to qualify the GTD cars? Obviously, the GTD pros, it's a pro category, so it doesn't matter. In GTD, there has to be a particular uh, mix of drivers. Any regulations on who has to qualify the car or who can't qualify the car? For the first time ever for GTD, no, there is not. Right. And that's relevant for what I'm about to tell you as the green flag is out. I will give you just names, not even associated with cars. <laughs> Vantor, Barnicut, Sarah, Trinkler, Angle, Oberlin, Snow, Tealitz, Halen, Molina, Rivera, DeAngelis, Potter, Fuoco, Magnuson, Ellis, Farnbacher, Kirchhofer, Estrick, Goikberg, Prio, Fry, Andlauer, Bleekemolen, Marcelli, and Foley. How about that? Um, well, that's a, that's a decent, uh, it's a decent lineup for the... Uh for your defensive uh, right <laughs> up, I think. You would get thrown off too many men on the field at once. I think so. And women, as it were. Yes. Israel Frey is Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's wait for them to go out and we'll put some of those with the cars. Yeah, Magnussen, obviously, with the number 53 Porsche, the 992. Porsche teams not happy with the straight line speed deficit of their cars. Yes. That may have to be uh, adjusted. We've been talking all through this weekend about the huge amount of data that IMSA will be looking at. That is a brand new car. It's not run before in competitive situation. Neither has the Ferrari 296, and they've not really been threatening the sharp end of the field other than in the wet sessions. Both of those cars were quick in the wet sessions. But 
IMSA are collecting data all the time and have reserved the right to make changes before the race next week. Yes, and, week. and you might have noticed, John, in a common theme in when I was listing them off, there were a lot of platinum drivers in that lineup. All of the Porsches have elected to send out very, 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 very strong drivers behind the wheel of those, and all of the Ferraris have factory aces behind the wheel of their potential threats. So it is clear intent by both of those manufacturers to show IMSA the true speed of their cars. Right. Now, this is qualifying, so this counts the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours next Saturday and Sunday, which you can see and hear live uh, via IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. We've got plenty of coverage leading up to that point and various other races as well. However, we are about to set the grid and we'll start with the GT cars. GT Daytona are GT3 category cars. There are two classes within this GTD class. The standard GTD, that is uh, uh, cars that is made up of, uh, has to have at least bronze and silver drivers, whereas the GTD Pro can have all platinums. That's the factory class. It's the drivers that make the difference in terms of which class you are in. The cars are identical. Now, I say that, but there is nothing to stop you nominating yourself in the pro class even if you've got AM drivers and that is exactly what the TGM 64 team and Aston Martin have done and there are some quite sensible reasons why they have done that in this race. Owen Trinkler is going to be qualifying that car. Now what was that year that was pulling out? That was a Ferrari wasn't it? That was the Chetelar Ferrari yes. uh, with the it's Antonio Fuoco behind right. the of that one. So back away from the fences, just a couple extra feet, if you are watching around Daytona International Speedway. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, 107.9 FM, sound and vision at imsaradio.com and imsa.tv. No brakes, no blocks. Who's in the 63, John, the Iron Lynx Lamborghini? Uh, that is Andrea Calderelli. Oh, wow. He is a hot shoe. That's the bright green. Number 63, just going through the chicane at turn three at the moment, down to the international horseshoe. And again, remember, no tyre warmers allowed here. So you're not going to see blisteringly quick laps on the first lap. Also, these tyres coming from the race allocation, there are no specific qualifying tyres allowed oh. in IMSA competition shit the last couple of years we've had bill overland and robbie foley sharing a turner motorsport bmw they just left the pit lane one in front of the yes. other that was foley in the 96 in front of overland in the 95 the student and teacher are now well sharing the racetrack and competitors gerald blake goes through to set one of the first time trinkler to the top or trinkler in the 64 aston he has been very complimentary about working with Tom Furrier and the rest of TF Sport. They know that car inside out at TF. They've won championships, they've won Le Mans. 49-4 for Owen Trinkler. And that, that is the only car under 150 at the moment, Chip. That car has been extremely fast all weekend as well, John, as uh, the Iron Dames Lamborghini is back into the pit lane with Rahel Frey. Let me see, is she doing a drive-through? Does she have a penalty? 
Her pit box is the second to last. So if she is going to turn left, now she is, yes. All right, now, very important moment for Iron Lynx. Do not touch the car. The car is allowed to go back out, but no work is allowed to be done to it once the green flag is gone and the there's car a, has left its pit box. There's a torch being used to look underneath the back of the car. but As, as long as they don't touch it, single, it's okay. Single mechanic being watched very closely by an IMSA pit official. So driver, I presume, has offered something back to the pit that they didn't like. Who did we put in that car? Did Rahel Fry. It was Rahel, yeah. Okay. And out she goes. There's only two cars that I do not know the driver lineups, John. Uh, the number 75, Sun Energy 1 Mercedes. Fabian Schiller. Fabian Schiller. And the number 32, that's the Kopov Mercedes. Uh, 32 is Mikel Grenier. Thank you. I have the... Uh, advantage of an Alcamel timing screen. Qualifying for GTD and GTD Pro. A car that's been getting faster all week. The number 66 JG Wentworth. Blue, uh, green and white rather than the blue it was last season. Gradient machine as we've had the NTE Lamborghini spinning at turn three. This Don is the number Yount. 42 car of Don Yount. Uh, was that his outlap? No, it no. was not. And he managed to get in the way of the number 12, not intentionally, but uh, when recovering, got in the way of the Lexus. Of Aaron Tealitz. Of uh, the 12 car, yep. And that was a big spin coming out of turn through two towards turn three. Dark blue on the right-hand side, light blue on the left-hand side. And Don decided to give us a look at both sides of that car as he spun, turned it back into the action. Halfway through this session, Owen Trinkler with a 48-6, but here comes Mario Farnbacher in that Acura, number 66, coming off a win at the last round of last year in GTD for Gradient and Motul Petit-Lemont. Farnbacher being associated with Acura and with Gradient for a little while, knows the team well. Mark Miller drafted in as well to that car. He did a lot of the early development with Gradient, Sheena Monk and Catherine Lake. Almost like coming home for Catherine, she said. Raced for several years with NSX, almost won the championship when she was paired with Andy Lally. And uh, it was a partial season that year. It was uh, Alvaro Parent and actually Super oh, yes. Mario who helped yeah. her towards that uh, second place in the GTV championship. Uh, she was saying that it, it was familiar but different because the car is in its Evo version and it is quite a bit different to drive but nice to be back in that mid-engine machine here comes Farm back there and goes to the top gradient to the top Cal Marcelli in the 93 Acura that's the second of the Acuras uh, that is not a full season entry big slide from Trinkler coming out of turn number two into three losing time there for Owen a 1.46.9 now, the time to beat. Marcelli up, uh, Fabian Schiller, excuse me, in that Sun Energy 1, the 61st entry. We were expecting 60 cars. The entry was expanded to 61 to accommodate the number 75. Fabian Schiller there. We were hoping that Will Power would be in that car. He's had to deal with some issues back at home and we wish him and the family all the best. The 
two Mercedes now, second and third, with Mauro Engel in the 79 WeatherTech car in second place. That's the best of GTD pros. Ben Barnekin comes into fifth in the second of the GTD pros car. Mikhail Grenier improves to sixth. That's fourth in GTD. Nice mix between the GTDs and the GTD pros. GTDs, no reason why they can't be faster than the GTD pros. The specification and the BOP of the cars are exactly the same. So if you're running a Lexus in either class, which Lexus do, there's no reason why the pro car couldn't be faster than the AM, or the AM car couldn't be faster than the pro. Simple as. So the two Acuras at the top of the times at the moment, and it's Kyle Marcelli who's gone to the top with a 46.8, 46.9 for Farmbacker. Maro Engel is the best of the pro cars with a 47, and as I say that, who's just slid in? That's the Mercedes of Fabian Schiller, Sun Energy 1. Kenny Bulls team, the number 75, go to the top with a 46.6. Under five minutes to go for GT qualifying. And we do have Rahel Frey back out on the track, John. She did leave a couple minutes ago and just bettered her previous best lap time. So glad that the Iron Dames Lamborghini is out on the circuit once again. Fastest lap of the weekend for GTs. Fabian Schiller pulls it out. Found the key to the fast draw. And the 75 is ahead by fully two-tenths of a second. No, it's not now because Mikel Grenier in the... Number 32 has just gone through into second position. That's another AMG Mercedes-Benz. And now it's just 0 0.046 of a second. Team Kortoff in second position. Marcelli for Acura in third position uh, is another two-tenths further back in that uh, Racers Edge Motorsport with WTR Machine. As I say, the, they are only planning to do part of the season. Then the full season NSX from Gradient. Then the best of the pro cars. Watch out for Ellis, John. Phil Ellis is on a very quick lap. His team is looking for, very excited. Okay, that is the number 57 Windward car, Philip Ellis. Tecumet machine. Where did he bounce up to? P1. Goes to the top. That was a good lap. Sheer, you read the body language of the team very well. Three Mercedes at the top now. A 46.267. Three AMG GT3s. Winwood. Sun Energy 1. Juking it out. Just 0.45 of a second. Caught off in third. Then the two Acuras, then the best of the AMG GT3 Pro cars is the win is the WeatherTech car. Wow, this is very interesting. Unusually, at the moment at least, only around about the top seven, top eight within a second of each other. Maro Engel improves his time. And actually goes ahead of the Gradient car. There's no split grid for GT, so if we have four GTD cars at the front, that will be the front two rows of the grid. Ben Barnicott, 
fastest in the final sector last time around. Is he setting up for a really quick lap in the Lexus number 14? See who else with 90 seconds to go still has the tyres. Sun Energy One machine going through the back chicane at Le Mans. Great run for Phil Ellis on just his fourth lap as well. So that was his third flyer. And he's coming through to the try of a little bit of darkness in the sky over to where the weather came from last night. Comes across the line. 147.9 does not improve, but he's got one more lap. And he's got a decent space on the racetrack ahead of him here in that white, red and blue number 57 at the International Horseshoe now. Then the Chrome Blue and Flames Sun Energy 1 car. That's the second place car, Fabian Schiller. Not too far back from the provisional pole sitter at the moment. And just 0 0.045 of a second. Half a tenth of a second between the two front row provisional front row starters. Then four tenths back to the corner. AMG GD3. That's a heck of a performance from them as well. Mikhail Grenier pulling it out when required. Court of Car was a championship leader for quite a lot of the season last year. Whoa, Ross Gunn, John. Ross Gunn just went to P1 for pro. Only fourth quickest, though, for the GTs, but an Aston Martin, the heart of racing number 23, with Ross Gunn at the wheel, has got to the outside of the second row and the best of the pro cars. Checkered flag for Mario Farnbacher. He'll be no better than seventh in that number 66. JG went with Acura. I think they'll be quite pleased with that inside of row four at the moment. Aaron Tielitz, 11th position and 8th in class for the 12 Lexus RCF GT3. Who's got pace? Ross Gunn has. He's put his own personal best in in sector one in the Aston Martin. Meantime, the Arrow Lamborghini has been grass-cutting at the Le Mans chicane. But has rejoined. That's the uh, number 78 car. Driven by Misha Goikberg. Black and green machine. Through goes Phil Ellis. Does improve to a 46-0. 46-0 for Ellis. What can Schiller do? No, he can't improve. 46-3. There's two tenths of a second between them. Grenier's still out there. And he's going well in the middle sector. Maro Engel goes up to fourth position and takes Paul and GTD Pro for WeatherTech with a 146.7. Now, what can Ross Gunn do? Not great in the middle sector for Ross Gunn. Got to pull something out of the bag in sector three. In that 23, Aston Martin can't do it. Three GTD cars at the front and they're all AMG GT3s. Roman De Angelis. Can he do anything? He's got a decent lap going, but he's not going to be there. He's lifted off in the middle sector, and in fact, he comes into the pit lane. So four AMG GT3s at the front of the field. Three of them run by or running in the, the GTD class, 
And then the top of the pro class is the number 79. So Winward take pole position with Phil Ellis. It'll be Sun Energy 1 on the outside of the front row for GTD. Row 2, Mikel Grenier for Kortov and WeatherTech, the best of the pros. That's the four Mercedes. Best non-AMG has still got an AMG power plant and gearbox, of course. The Aston Martin Vantage GT. So the top five cars all running the same basic running gear. Aston Martin do uh, actually quite a bit to that engine, but you get my point. They are supplied from AMG. Ross Gunn, second place in GTD Pro for Heart of Racing and the inside of row three. Cal Marcelli with the Acura in sixth. Then the Pro Lexus, Ben Barnicut, the number 14. And on the outside of that, third row, uh, fourth row, excuse me, is the gradient number 66. Top 10 made up by the McLaren, Marvin Kirchhofer. That's a really good run for Marvin in the inception car. And the Aston Martin Vantage GT, the 27 car of Roman D'Angelis. Shea Adam is down at the appointed spots. You're not at the end of the pit lane, Shay, for the pole sitters. Where are the pole sitters going to be directed to? We are in a much safer spot than the penalty <laughs> box at the end of pit lane. No, we are in the place that everybody tries to get to for next Sunday afternoon. It is Victory Lane at Daytona. So there is a little stand set up for the Motul Pole Award and we await the arrival of Windward Racing and it doesn't matter to them. Qualifying session, qualifying race, they win them all. It's their second consecutive year starting this race on pole, John. Thanks, Shep. I'll keep an eye on uh, those cars coming around to you. They've all been held at pit in whilst the prototypes are waved out onto the track. They uh, would have been held at pit in so that they can all be taken directly to scrutineering, not go through the Michelin Pilot garages. It's, and the, it's the MDX Porsche uh, leading the Fat Buddha Porsche. That, that was another thing that was a little bit messed up for us, though, John. We had Jan Magnussen and Antonio Garcia on track at the same time. Ah, yes. Yeah, can't have that. Um, no, but it, the pole winner will then come down through the Rolex chute, make the hard left turn, and drive onto the checkered flag pavement, and uh, then they will receive their Motul pole award. Do you get two, uh, two pole sitters there, I presume? Correct. The, let's see if I can pick them out for you then. Sun Energy 1 will be the next one to go through. Uh, there is the 57, so that's going Blue to be waved straight on. And looking for the pro car, which is... Tomorrow Angle in the WeatherTech livery, so red, white, and blue. Yeah, that must be a long way back down the line. Tomorrow does yes, like it is. It's, it's right behind the, uh, the right Porsche, which is that lovely light blue and black colour. So that's uh, another three or four cars back in the, in the right car. Number 16 has left a bit of a gap between everybody else. So you will get the GTD pole sitter first, being Phil, Phil Ellis. Now, it's my understanding, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong, that we don't split the GTD and GTD Pro field. So they will start 
GTD, 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 GTD Pro on the first two rules of the grid. That is how we have done it in the past. We've yeah. never had a GTD car on the overall pole before, if you will, or the overall GT pole. Um, but we've also never had the ability to have any driver qualify in GTD. That is new to this year. And we should note, we did have a bronze driver participate in qualifying at least one. John Potter, he gets a new set of tires should he start the Magnus Racing Aston Martin for the race next Saturday. Yes, that's a new regulation, isn't it? Yes, and it's a new set of tyres. It's not from their allotment either. So it's basically a bonus set of tyres for doing qualifying. Uh, have we taken away the regulation that says the qualifying driver has to start the race yet? No, no, that still exists. Right, so, so he will get an extra set of tyres then? Correct. And, yeah. But if he does not start the race, oh, they I don't see. get the extra set of tyres and then they forfeit all their qualifying points. Yeah. So they would then get put to the back and they wouldn't uh, get the extra set of tyres. I see. Sorry, yes. I see where you're going with that. Sorry. It's bit, all good. Bit dim. I'll be, I'll, in my defence, I was up at uh, six o'clock, uh, five o'clock this morning because there was a football match back in the UK that I wanted to watch. <laughs> well, there we are. That, that is the first competitive qualifying session of 2023. And Mercedes AMG have done rather well, locking out the front two rows of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the 61st running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Shea Adam is waiting for the pole sitting drivers. They look very nicely, both parked there yes. in victory lane together, those two AMG shit. Well, and it's because Mauro Engel knows what it's like to park in victory lane. And the funny thing is, the last time he did it was with the car that parked up just ahead of him. The windward racing machine is Mauro Engel 2021 Daytona 24 Rolex winner. Now he's 2023 Daytona pole winner. Very good gymnastics to actually get out of the WeatherTech Mercedes. I'm very impressed by that. And for Mauro, this is a, a first because first pole position so we'll give him a second to take his helmet off and take the earplugs out so he'll be able to hear us and got to pose for all the photographs it's going to be a really good uh, photograph opportunity here with all of this beautiful folderol in the background for celebrating a Rolex win but for Morrow you know long races 24 hours pole doesn't mean that much but it is such a boost to your whole team your manufacturer and most importantly 35 points. So that means that your team is now leading the championship. That's not a bad job as the third driver. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good start. Um, good to good to put the car on pole and um, yeah, um, obviously a good start to the to the whole uh, season with the WeatherTech racing car and um, yeah. So uh, hope we can uh, stay in that position for 24 hours. It's unlikely we'll stay there, but hopefully we can be there at the end. Was there much left in the car? It seemed like you were pushing pretty hard out there. Yeah, definitely pushing really hard, um, trying to get uh, get the maximum out of it. Um, to be honest, not fully happy. I mean, obviously, uh, you saw the lap time, so um, some of the guys in Equal Machinery did, did a bit of a better job. But we've got a bit of time to hopefully, um, yeah, uh, make things a bit better. Uh, and anyway, overall, a great, great place to start and, and a great job from everyone. Does this mean that your teammates have to buy you a dinner now that you've got them the championship lead? <laughs> I would say at least two dinners, one from Jules, one from Danny. <laughs> Congratulations, Mauro. Thanks. Mauro Engel, Paul, for the GTD Pros, but as he said, similar machinery, three of them ahead of him in, in terms of time. That was the uh, 32 Kortov car, the 75 Sun Energy yeah, One yeah. car, and Phil Ellis has the pole position for GTD and the best GT time for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona next weekend for the number 57 team. Well done to Phil Ellis and to Windward Racing.
Same thing could have been said a year ago because, Phil, I was talking to you after the race as well as the pole winner. It's pretty cool that you've been able to do this. doesn't matter if it's a race or a qualifying session, but were you expecting overall GT pole today? You know, we just gave it our all uh, today in qualifying. Of course, it's nice to be uh, the pole car overall in the GT class as well, but uh, I think uh, from the momentum we had last year, we wanted to continue into this year, and uh, that's what we've done. And it just shows that we have a great team behind us, uh, supporting us and giving a great car that is capable of doing so. Well, for the next six days and 23 hours at least, you guys are leading the championship, and this is a full-season effort. How important are those qualifying points to you and Russell? It is pretty important. We saw it last year. It's, uh, it's very close to the top at the end of the year, and uh, they don't give up many points uh, depending on the position of the race. So, of course, every bonus you get early on is, is a nice one to have. But it isn't, doesn't mean much for the race, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's going to be 24 hours. You only have to leave the last minute. So um, it's a nice thing to have, but it doesn't mean much. You know how to win the watch. Good luck go doing it again next weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. And while she was talking to our Paul Sitter, you will have heard the very, very distinctive sound of V8 engines as the LMP3s, eight, nine of them, head out onto the circuits. And uh, happy Chinese unit New Year to Yu Kanemaru, who is out in the Duquesne number 87. This is the Fast MD Racing. Till Bechtelsheimer on duties for GDC Miller Motorsports. Uh, it's Gar Robinson for the 74 Riley car. Guillaume de Oliveira for the number 43 MRS GT racing car and Shea Adam has the rest of the drivers who are qualifying Shea oh no I don't though John oh, but oh, I sorry, tell I thought you. that's what you were saying nope nope there's a very good uh, reason as to the drivers that you are seeing out in these cars because LMP3 does have a limit if you will as to who can qualify the car it must be a bronze rated driver or a silver-rated driver who is under the age of 30. Yeah. So that limits who we can see in the car. Cameron Shields behind the wheel then of performance text number 38. Jarrett and Jet Dretty for the Andretti Racing number 36. Lance Wilsey, Sean Creech Motorsport number 33. Just been on duty in the previous race. Anthony Mantella for the number 17 AWA. Duquesne and Ore Fadani for the number 13 AWA Duquesne. So that's uh, four Duquesnes and five Ligiers, that's right, isn't it? Yes, it is. So pretty even split. 12 minutes to go. These uh, lovely, sonorous V8 engines with just nine cars on the track. One would hope that they'd get a bit of easy running. It's the number 36 that goes through underneath me now for Andretti Autosport and John Andretti down into turn one. Dakota Dickerson has done the quickest laps in this car earlier in the week and the time that we are looking for is so somewhere near the mid-142s. That's what Dakota was doing early on in the week. Cameron Shields, who's out there at the moment, has the lap record. A couple of seconds quicker than that. 42 and change. And 
Cameron picking up the pace quite early. In fact, I'm just seeing now that it is Dakota Dickerson behind the wheel of that car, so of the 36 Andretti machine. Sorry if I misled you there. Timing screen just catching up with the cars as they went across the line. Just check some of those. Big lock-up for the bright yellow number 85. And that's not going to do the tyres any good at all. That's the JDC Miller Motorsports car, Till Bechtelsheimer. Now, is it Till, though? Because we've had a couple of changes on the timing screen. Uh, no, it's not. It's Luca Mars. Yep. Okay, my apologies. So it took a lap for the driver IDs to catch up with who was in the car share. The other one uh, is Nico Pino behind yeah. all of the 33 for Sean Creech Motorsport. Yeah. Yeah. My apologies. I was a little previous on giving you those qualifying drivers before they'd actually tripped the first lap around. And it is Luca Mars who's quickest at the moment with a 45-3. That will come down. Cameron Shields in second. So Cameron looking to reprise his quick time from last year. Dakota Dickerson, Guillaume de Oliveira is in the 43. At least we've got that one right for MRS. GT gets Gar Robinson the 74. Orifadani, yes, we've got that right. Anthony Mantella and Yukanamaru. Nico Pino goes to third. So 45s and 46s. Guillaume de Oliveira to the top for a moment. 45.1, but a 44.8 by Luca Mars and Cameron Shields delivers on the promise that we were building him up to with a 144-204 and two fastest sectors. One and three for that number 38 performance tech motorsport machine. Coming down to halfway through this session. Far fewer cars here. Guillaume de Oliveira going very quickly in the first sector in the number 43 MRS GT racing car. That's a sort of grey and black machine. Had a chat with Till Bechtelsheimer about uh, jumping into one of these cars. He has zero experience of LMP3. But most people that I've spoken to telling me that GT drivers get on with them rather well. 144-2 for Cameron Shields is now half a second ahead of Dakota Dickerson in the Andretti car. So performance tech from Andretti, from JDC, from MRS. And Shea Adam has the most bizarre report that I, I did not expect this shit. Yeah, there are people all up and down the pit lane going, is that rain? It's bright and sunny. You still need your sunglasses on. But indeed, there are sprinkles coming out of the sky. Yeah, we've got some uh, dark cloud overhead, but a break in the cloud coming. I can't imagine it's going to be anything other than what we euphemistically call psychological rain. It'll be on the windshields, windscreens of the car. But you've got to believe that the, the grip will still be there from the tyres and the racetrack. And that's certainly what's going on at the moment by Guillaume de Oliveira. He's just gone up into second position and cut the gap down to a tenth of a second. 
in that uh, dark grey and white MRS GT car. To go to Dickinson is going to improve at the end of this lap for Andretti as well. He's put the fastest middle sector in of anyone. Six and a half minutes still to go. Live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Setting another pole position here for the Rolex 24 Daytona next weekend. This for LMP3. Dickerson goes to second in the Andretti car. It's a tenth now between Cameron Shields and Dakota Dickinson. And another tenth back to Guillaume de Oliveira. Now, all of these cars, wherever they qualify in terms of their time, Ari Fadani is in amongst the GTD cars, but all of these cars will start in front of the GTD field. Just to remind you, that bump just after the first apex and the third apex of those bumps, first apex and third, uh, second apex, excuse me, of the Le Mans chicane, really upsetting the number 43 MRS GT racing car. Sean Creech Motorsport, Nino Pino to the top for the number 33. 43-6, and the gap is now a tenth and a half. De Oliveira goes into second. Shields to third. Mars now fourth. Dakota Dickinson down to fifth. And then a big gap to Carl Robinson. And Yu Kanemaru just improves actually to sixth position and cuts that gap between the top five and the rest of the field down to six tenths of a second. Top five within three tenths of a second on three and a half miles. Live from Daytona. Last five minutes of LMP3 qualifying. 107.9 around the track, around the world in sound and vision. No blocks, no bricks. Should remind you that every WeatherTech qualifying this year will be available to you on the live stream in sound and vision as Dakota Dickerson goes back to the top. What a battle this is. Just the way we like it. Short and sweet. We've had just over 10 minutes. The Michelin tyres, as the fuel are burning off, is burning off, the Michelin tyres are still able to deliver performance. That's brilliant stuff. Really well managed by these drivers. Dickerson by a f an exactly a tenth, one full tenth now. No, it's not, because Pino's just gone back through again. It's like a basketball game, isn't it? They go down and score, we go down and score, we go down and score. Three tenths, though, this time, a 43-1. For Nino Pinto. Still about a half a second away from the time that Cameron Shields set last time, last year here. He's gone up to second and halved exactly the gap between Pino and Dickerson. So the top three, make that the top four now, is Guillaume de Oliveira in the 43 MRS GT car, the black and silver machine. They're all within 0.360 of a second. That's your top four. Then six tenths back to Luca Mars. A second to Yu Kanamaru. Ori Fadani closing in as well, as is Anthony Mantella. And they've almost got themselves ahead of all the GTDs. What have we got left? Three minutes to go. 
So at least a couple of laps. Cameron Shields putting another good lap together. Fast in the first sector. Gar Robinson going out onto the high banks. He'll turn sharp left in a moment or two in that very distinctive bright blue and orange. But he got a nasty kick as the car jumped to the right. And what? Missed the apex that he was aiming for. Front end of the car being bounced off the ground there, that number 74 Riley. Entered machine, that's the Ligier of course. Four Ligiers and two Duquesnes in the top six. Oh, really good lap by Nino Pino last time around. Nico Pino last time around. 43-1. 43-3-7-3 by Cameron Shields. His best is a 43-3-5-1. Quite getting it right to go to Dickerson's put a decent first sector together. Now, can he back that up with the middle section of the track as Robinson comes through to complete his lap? Can he move himself up from seventh position? He does improve a 144-374, but doesn't improve his position. Luca Mars with a big lock up down at the International Horseshoe last time around. That's not going to do his Michelin tyres any good and his chance of improving from fifth position in the bright yellow number 85 for JDC Miller Motorsports. Oh, and an off-track moment now for Anthony Mantella. He had just improved and got ahead of all bar one of the GTDs. That'll be rear locking going into the international hairpin. That's exactly, actually, what we saw a moment or two ago from Luca Mars. But Luca tried not to turn in, and there's another spin from Luca Mars. Now, he's flat spot of the tyres here. And once you've got one flat spot on the tyre, it will start to make it worse. Now, where is he now? Oh, he's airborne over the kerbs at the Le Mans chicane. And... He thought he had it, but he didn't. Hit the left-hand kerb on the way in way too hard. Now, has he got that car going again? It's running. I can hear the engine from our effects mics over there. Full left-hand lock. And Luca back in the right direction. Dakota Dickerson trying to put a lap together 24.3 in the first sector in the Andretti car Sean Creech Motorsport the 33 still on top of the pile for Nico Pino and there is a challenge from Dakota Dickerson as the chequered flag is out but they will be allowed to finish the laps they're on Dakota Dickerson's put the fastest sector to the middle sector in of anybody in this session he's on course to move up from third place but he's got to find the run to the line, here he comes now and goes onto the front row a tenth of a second away from Pino's best time so it's Sean Creech Motorsport from Andretti and at the moment Cameron Shields in third I don't think he's going to improve his first sector wasn't quick enough, Guillaume de Oliveira same for him, he's still out there Nico Pino comes to the line. This is a decent lap, but it's not as quick as his 
197. The Stars and Stripes of Sean Creech Motorsports and their Leisure 143-319. That would actually have been good enough for third position, that lap. And we're looking at saying, well, he's kind of a bit tardy there, to be honest. But he's got the 43-1 in his pocket and he has earned pole position for Sean Creech Motorsports. It's a good job by Nico Pino. It will be Dakota Dickerson and the Andretti number 36. Andretti Autosport machine on the outside of the front row. And it's Leisure's in the first two rows. And Gar Robinson actually just improves right at the end there and goes to fifth position with another 143. High 143, but pips Luca Mars. Six tenths of a second away from Paul. I think Gar will be happy with that. Really happy with that in the 74 Ranch Riley entered car. So five Leisure's in the top five. 33 and 36 on pole position. So Gar Robinson has knocked half a second off his best lap in practice. He did a 44-3. Best lap on his ninth lap of nine. So Sean Creech, Motorsport, Andretti Autosport on the front row. Cameron Shields on the inside of row two for Performance Tech. Then the MRS GT number 43 car will be on the outside of the second row. Riley entered Ligier on the inside of row three. And the first of the Decanes is the bright yellow number 85 JDC Miller car if the tyres are okay you're allowed to change one tyre if you've got a problem with it if you change any more than that you have to go to the back of your group uh, they'll be alongside the 87 Decane that's Fast MD Racing and Ori Fidani AWA my number 13 car then at the Back of that grid is Anthony Mantella. Now, he hasn't done a time that would put him ahead of Phil Ellis and the GTD pole sitter, but all of the LMP3s will start ahead of all of the GT cars. Well, that was entertaining, Shea Adam. Um, they weren't on the track at the same part of the track, but they were <laughs> duking it out as if they were battling towards a checkered flag. Ultimately, the top three are within a tenth and a half of each other, uh, and the top five down to Gar Robinson now within just under seven tenths and it's a pole position for Nino Pino yeah and for Nico just 18 years old Nico exactly Pino. it's a second Daytona Johnny raced here last year didn't actually finish the race but uh, coming into the race this year if you can't beat him join him right come to the team that finished second in the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona last year I just before we do an interview with Nico I want to harp on the fact that you said Five Ligiers in the top five, and yet we've had the uh, VP Challenge, both of which were won by Duquesne's. So it does go to show that two different chassis manufacturers, there's two different areas of logic, both work towards being equally quick here at Daytona. The man from Santiago in Chile. And... Uh, We'll get a hold of him in 
just a moment. But before we do, John, if I can interrupt. Yeah, of course you can. Lance Wilsey, congratulations, because for you, this is a huge accomplishment. Your team is on pole position for the Daytona 24 hours. What's it feel like? Oh, I mean, it feels great for the team. I'm, I'm incredibly proud and thrilled for Nico. But, um, you know, equally important, the whole team. I mean, as everybody who's here knows, I mean, it's a team sport. It's a team effort. And, um, you know, we, we were struggling a couple of days ago rolling off the trailer. We were far from where we find ourselves today. So team put their heads down and, um, you know, couldn't be happier. I mean, you know, this is what we all strive for. This is what we all want to see. And, you know, 18-year-old kid puts it on pole, you know, third race in the U.S. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Track conditions were a little bit different today. Now, you had the advantage of doing a race. Did you learn anything during the VP Challenge race that you were able to tell Nico to help him? Because it's a lot greener than it was last time he was in the car. Yeah, I mean, it really came to just a couple things. You know, with the rain we had last night, track was green, uh, which he would have picked up on very quickly. And then with the, you know, headwind into turn one, tailwind into the bus stop, it created a little bit of different dynamics in the car, just with regards to what to expect and things like that. So... I just, you know, I didn't distinguish myself by any stretch in the VP race, but I was out there long enough to get a feel for the track and things. So, no, it's outstanding. You know, and this is, you know, this is why we come to Daytona, and this is why we're here, and it's just a great outcome for everybody involved, man. Couldn't be happier. Thank you so much. Congrats to you, Lance. And now we'll uh, have a quick chat with Nico. Nico, pole position, Daytona International Speedway. There is no place grander to get your first ever pole. How hard were you working through that session? Well, of course, we did a a lot of pre-race preparation. It was uh, very tough out there. The conditions changed a lot from yesterday. We worked a lot with the team to get the car into a position to fight for pole and also to prepare for the race. And this is just starting. It's a 15-minute session versus 24 hours. So now focus on the next week. You must have had great radio communication with the box. You're pole, you're not pole, you're pole, you're not pole. To just keep pushing harder and harder. Yeah, they told me at the beginning, of course, we decided to wait a little bit to not have any traffic and have a clear lap ahead of us. And they were keeping updating the gap to the other guys and everything. But I think everyone did a great job keeping the car, putting it in a good position for qualifying. So we are pretty happy first pole position in my career. So uh, in a special place, of course. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I think somehow that he won't forget his first ever pole position. (laughs) Daytona International Speedway. What a uh, very calm young man there. Dakota Dickerson ultimately a tenth away for Andretti Autosport, but will start on the outside of the front row. And there was a tenth and a wee bit more, actually, in the third sector. Pretty much two tenths uh, in that third sector. So maybe the guys... Uh, Andretti... Interestingly, the pole sitter, Nico Pino, took pole position and managed to do that without a fastest sector. Wow. Like that. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting indeed. Uh, we stay with the prototypes, of course, and the LMP2s next. We're qualifying for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours here at Daytona. IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together. Uh, and it's LMP2 next, and this of one's which there are 10. Sorry, Shay, go ahead. This one's easy to tell you who's driving because it is mandated in the rulebook that your bronze driver must qualify mm. the car. So you look at the entry list, you see the little B next to their name, and you therefore know who's qualifying the cars. But would you like me to tell you anyway? Oh, can I do it? 
Yeah, go for it. No, come on, you can do it. No, 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 I, no, was no. Only, I was only kidding. No, uh, we have it. 10 cars, all Oricas, with the Gibson V8 engine. I'm just scanning through to make sure none of them have got more than one bronze driver. None of them do. No. I can't confirm that. Well done. Um, all right, so the 04 CrowdStrike Racing by APR will be George Kurtz. Mr. CrowdStrike himself. Indeed so. It will be John Ferrano for Tower Motorsports and a team that includes Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, and Kevin Simpson. That's gold, platinum, and silver in that order. It's the LMP2 champion from last year going out to do the qualifying. Stephen Thomas for TDS Racing will qualify the number 11 Orica. The man who won the Pro-Am class at Le Mans last year. I hope you've got a stat for everybody here. This is working rather well. <laughs> uh, in the number 11, Aero Motorsports. It's number 11. The number 18, Aero Motorsport car. It will be Dwight Merriman. Who won this race two years ago. And the number 20, high-class racing car. Different livery for that car. It's not the usual all uh, red and white. It's, a, it's got a few different colours on it. Uh, Dennis Anderson, the Dane, will be qualifying. Who is making his first season repeat with the same team, the same championship. He ran in ELMS one year, then WEC in one year. Now IMSA, this is his second. It will be Francois Herrault. For TDS, the number 35 car. Making his second ever IMSA start after coming in fifth in this race one year ago. The 51 Rick Ware Racing car will be qualified by Eric Lux from the United States. Defending LMP2 winner after last year. Uh, last year he was driving with Colton Hurtapato Award, Devlin Francesco. This year he's got Devlin back in the car, but he managed to pick up Pietro Fittipaldi and the reigning Daytona 500 champion, Austin Sindrick. Mm. PR1 Matheson Motorsport, the number 52 car. This is the wind's coloured car, and it will be Ben Keating, the man with the most mellifluous voice in the pack. And the man who is not only defending WEC GTE AM champion, he's going to drive with Corvette Racing in the upcoming year, and he's one of 12 drivers in this field who has won each of the four big IMSA endurance races. The 55 Proton Competition. Orica, it will be Fred Pordard. One of our favorites who has climbed the ranks through IMSA. He did race in the WEC last year, but now he's back home. And finally, last but by no means least, the AF Corsa number 88. Uh, a man who has often been voted the most popular man in the paddock in the WEC, Francois Perodo. Best smile, you can see it from space for <laughs> Francois Perodo, multi-time, multi-class champion in the WEC, a Le Mans winner back in 2021. Now he's coming to try and claim the Rolex. So 10 cars, only one can be on pole position. 15 minutes when they're rolled out. We've used 90 seconds of that already, and Ben Keating already jostling for position as they head around the banking and the CrowdStrike racing car has been dealt with. He's going to have a look at the TDS racing car that is in front of him at the moment. Slightly different engine noise. The LMP3 is a little bit lower, a little bit lower rever. This is still a V8 from Gibson, but a little higher rev limit set for these cars. Keating getting a decent run and going to the high side as he comes onto the tri-oval. That number 52 car in the famous Wins livery. I can't wait to see the Corvette in the Wins livery for WEC. That'll be at Super Sebring, of course. That's the Friday afternoon race before the Saturday running of the Mobile One 12 hours at Sebring. Now he's up with the number 11. 
Exactly what I wanted to point out to you, John, because last year and the year before that, we saw great qualifying battles between Ben Keating and Stephen Thomas. It was always the 52 versus the 11. And oh, look, on track, it's a 52 versus the 11 again. The 11 is the bright yellow machine. TDS Racing down to the Western Horseshoe. Fear the TAF, fear the TAF, it says on the outside. This is a race. A race has broken out in qualifying. Keating wants clear air. He does not want to be sitting behind that car. And up onto the high banks. He either needs to get by or back off, I reckon, here. The problem is we've had nearly five minutes and nobody set a competitive time yet. They're still warming up the Michelin slick tyres. Here comes Keating using the draft. He'll have to go to the right-hand side. Bit of defensive driving going on there is from no Stephen way Tennis. Either of them is going to back no, off, John. No, absolutely not. Thomas over the curbs. Now, lovely exit. Of the Le Mans chicane from Stephen Thomas. So on to the speedway. Campgrounds that were being used for the boy and girl guides over the weekend cleared out a little bit now we had three different campgrounds over the weekend they were packing up this morning after a tremendous jamboree over the weekend real oscillation on that number 11 on the high banks front to back pitching that cannot be nice for Stephen Thomas in the TTS racing car still no decent times posted Dennis Anderson, actually the quickest in the number 20, but yet to get past the field of LMP3s. And at the front of the queue, it is still the 11 yellow TDS from the multicoloured winds car. These two pulling away from the rest of the field. Now, at what point here does someone say, you need to split yourself up here? I don't think Ben Keating's getting his best run on this circuit. No, nobody down below 144 at the moment for these P2s and we'll expect to see something quite a bit quicker than that should be somewhere nearer 140 oh, onto the high banks again for the tower car, that's the number 8 in practice, Ben Keating was the quickest with a 39.3 one minute 39.3 fastest of the bronze drivers So we've got a ways to go for that. Dennis Anderson, a 44-3 is the best. Number eight car. Uh, we put John Ferrano in that car, didn't we? At the start, yep. Man from Canada. And defending series champion. And this race of course for P2 is not a round of the full season and this is just the North the uh, Michelin Endurance Cup and I think Kate uh, Shea that's the same with uh, LMP3 isn't it? Yes this is not a championship round for P2 or P3 but for the Endurance Cup you are correct it does count toward that and, and the reasoning behind that is for teams who want to do the full se season but perhaps don't want the extra expense of a 24 hour race yes and for drivers who maybe have saved up for this race for their entire lives we've got a couple uh, of those to do it field. as a single event to yes. do it as a single event yeah it works both ways yep. for that yeah very good 
right now, Stephen Thomas is at the top with the 42-2. Francois Arreau with a 42-9. And they're now, those are the two cars uh, that are ahead of the LMP3 field, being the TDS Racing bright yellow car and the 35 is the uh, other TDS racing car. And that's the Francois Arreau car, 11 and 35. Then the two TDS cars at the head of the field. Then it's Eric Lux in the number 51 Rick Ware racing car. 35, by the way, is the reverse of the colours of the number 11. So it's the dark red that's on the bottom of the 11 is on the top of the 35. And the bright highlighter yellow is the flashes where it's red on the yellow car, if that makes sense here. That makes a lot of sense, John. I haven't <laughs> seen them from above. Yes. So when exactly. you're looking at them straight on, it's just a little bit confusing. Correct. That's really brilliant. Brett Keating to the top, 140.541 at the completion of his fourth lap. 1.2 seconds ahead of the field. That won't last, though. I confidently predict that that will not last. With still half this session to go, seven minutes. Keating, who did double duty at Super Sebring last year, in uh, prototypes here in IMSA and in GT in the World Endurance Championship. Stephen Thomas also completed both of those races. Uh, both in LMP2, though, for Stephen. So the 1,000 miles, uh, which I don't think we've got to 1,000 miles in the uh, WAC. You're correct on that. Since it uh, has come over to be part of the IMSA event. Last year we had that red flag for all the lightning in the area. Lightning that was, in the uh, area last year scuppered any thought of, uh, of that and uh, Toyota on its roof in fairness earlier on in the yes. race. Six minutes to go. Keating, Aro, Thomas. So Aro has just gone ahead of his teammate but a quick lap coming from Stephen Thomas in the number 35. Uh, excuse me, in the number 11, Aero in the 35. Oh, did I hear some tyre squeal there? Somebody getting something wrong? No. Here's Ben Keating to the line. He's just behind Stephen Thomas on the track. Stephen did not improve. Not a great last sector. And a 43 from Keating. I did hear some, some squealing, and it's the... Number eight car, John Ferrano, the tower machine, into the tyre wall hard, backwards. And that is at the Le Mans chicane. I thought I heard in the background some locked-up tyres. OK, teams, bring Turn your cars seven. back to the box. Yes, back to the box. Do not sit in the fast lane. Correct. And the other thing that it's important to say, John, that was about nine and a half minutes of green flag time, right. meaning if we do not get the extra 30 seconds, I don't know how they would do that, actually, because we don't have a championship order to go off of from this season, and we don't have any official practice times. We've only had test sessions. I think we might find that the clock stops with uh, a couple of minutes to go. It's still running for now. I'll keep up on that. 4.46 to go. Again, there's no time pressure here in that there's nothing following the qualifying session that we're in now other than the GTP qualifying session and then the rest of the afternoon. Oh, two cars involved. 
The number 55 is out there as well. The Proton Competition blue car. Oh, no, now that's that, Fred that's, Pordad. That's Fred Pordad, and that is uh, at a different part of the track. So let's see if we can unpick what happened with Fred's car, at least. Fred went straight on at turn six. He should have been turning left onto the banking and went straight on. He's knocked the left-hand fender off the car. The headlight's gone. The headlight's gone, the headlamp carrier and the wheel arch is gone. He's got a lovely flat stop spot on the left-hand front Michelin, which is going to be jarring him all the way back round. That's what he's going to sound like on the radio on the way back. Copyright Adrian Cronauer in the helicopter sketch. Uh, meantime, the number 55 Proton competition car, Fred Protard, is coming back. The eight car is not. That car has rear wing damage, right rear suspension damage. EMR safety vehicle are there. This is the number four Chevy truck. Official truck of IMSA and EMR intervention. Oh, I'm so pleased. All the cars came back to their boxes and none of the teams are touching the cars. Good. So nobody is going to be losing their lap time. Excellent. Clock's right. still running, though, isn't it, John? Just under three minutes to go. Yeah. We need about, I would say, 45 seconds to be safe. So I'll keep an eye on Tanny and make sure that she doesn't pick up a different flag because then we'll be very confused as to uh, who will start on pole for this I, race. I'm, I'm guessing, though, that... By the way, I should say the good news is that John Ferrano is out and walking... Unaided. Still, Excellent. Still got his uh, helmet on. Uh, just stretching his uh, left leg in particular. Looked like it was a fairly substantial impact, but these cars are carbon tub, very, very safe. The two Cayenne rapid response vehicles, Porsche Cayenne rapid response vehicles, are on site. Meantime, Shay, you should be able to see the number 55 Proton competition car and Fred Pordard. Oh, no, he's pulled straight into the paddock area Very behind smart. the MSR machine. Saving his crew, pushing it back down the pit lane once the session's done. Yeah. He's going to have to do a little bit of an Austin Powers style three-point turn to get himself into exactly where he needs to be. Quite a few spectators on the top of the garage. It's always a good place to be. There's some picnic tables up there as well. Good afternoon if you have joined us here. There's been a decent crowd through Friday, Saturday and today, Sunday. So thank you for coming out. I suspect as well, as we drove around this morning for breakfast, that uh, quite a few of the RVs that have been parked up are in their spots for next week. So people are making a 10-day trip of this and uh, finding themselves something to do on Monday and Tuesday before things kick off again on Wednesday. This gives me the opportunity to remind everybody that if you're coming or you're already here, it is the Fan Festival on Wednesday night at One Daytona. Over 100 IMSA drivers will be signing autographs. That's an awful lot of paper you're going to have to bring. <laughs> a lot of Sharpies. A lot of Sharpies as well. Yes. It's the biggest collection of Sharpies that's ever been seen. <laughs> uh, we'll have dueling pit stops to crown a pit stop champion. And also I'll be on stage with the MSR GTP driving crew for a question and answer session. I want to get you to ask some of the questions as well from in front of the stage. 30 seconds left. I think the clock's going to run out here, Shit. 
penalty for cars 8 and 55 for causing a red flag. So that means they lose their fastest two laps here, isn't it? For causing a red flag? It is the loss of your two quickest times. The question is, will it be assessed to the 55 and the 8 or just the 8 because the cleanup is taking longer? No, both of them. Ah, yes. It says both of them on the timing screen. Um, And I have an answer. Oh, I see a BMW, first and foremost. I would believe that's a 25 that did not make it up for the last practice session. It might have been the 24 that went back to the garage, though. I can't see it from this distance. Just to continue to whet the appetite for the Wednesday, I've asked Johnny Knotts. We've got Alexis. And we've got one of the Iron Lynx Lamborghinis oh, okay. that's going to be involved. Now, we're not that's sure if the it's the Iron Dames stops, yet. It? It's the what? That's for the dueling pit that's stops. That's the dueling pit stops. Okay. So we've got the series staple Vassar Sullivan crew, who is phenomenal at their pit stops, versus the newbies with Iron Lynx. It's going to be pretty fun. Now, I wonder what we're going to do with this session. I don't think we quite got to 10 minutes of green flag. We did not. They're trying to figure it out next door to you right now, John. So you might see a lot of arithmetic on boards. They all look pretty chilled out in race control. As they always do. At the moment. Uh, This is not going to be the work of a moment down at the Le Mans chicane because there's some rearranging of tyres that will need to be done once the number eight tower motorsports Orica LMP207, to give it its... Sunday name has been moved. Um, GTP, of course, is next. The two Porsches are on pit lane, seven in front of six. Still only one BMW, share. And that is the 24. Oh, here's the 25. There you go. Coming in under its own power. We saw Philip Bang driving the 24 during that last session. I'm not sure he's going to be qualifying the 25. When you've got to choose between Nick Yellowly or Colton Herta as the two full-season drivers, though, and then you throw in, well, I mean, through, across both the cars, but uh, especially for the 25, you throw in Sheldon Vandalinda. It's going to be a hard decision. Oh, yes, and then, uh, yeah, that, that super quick kid, uh, Colton Herta. Mm. I, honestly, I don't know how BMW chooses who's going to go out for qualifying. But that will be interesting to see that car running on track for the first time today when everybody else has already got a couple of miles. Uh, we will get to 10 minutes. We will get to 10 minutes green running. Um, the clock. I, I, feel, I feel I should be in, um, a, particularly as this is the... Uh, playoffs weekend, wild cards and divisional playoffs weekends uh, for NFL. I feel like I should be in the uh, the black and white stripes at the moment, but obviously I'd never wear black and white stripes. Um, reset the clock to 39 seconds. Oh. No foul on the play. The pass is incomplete. Replay first down. <laughs> Replay first down, yes. <laughs> exactly. 39 seconds, that's... Well, it, it, it's procedural. That, I understand isn't it? that. It's I procedural. That. Nobody, uh, nobody's going to go out, but it it fulfills the obligations as per the regulations. And I, you know, would it be nice to have the five minutes back? Yes, it would. That's not going to happen. So rather than scrap all the hard work that's been done by the teams so far, it was building rather nicely. Uh, we do have a grid for LMP2 that has been set by the times that were set. And listen, I think that's, again, a really sensible call from race control. And uh, thank you to Mark Raffa for uh, making that decision known to us. So Ben Keating and the number 52 
wins sponsored machine has done enough we believe to be on pole position for PR1 Matheson Motorsports with a 140.541 now nothing is going to happen for quite some time Shay so um, if you where have you positioned yourself now I stole the Rolex shoot okay uh, this is Ben Keating's 10th career pole position in IMSA Ooh. that's pretty darn impressive there are people with more um, but not very many of them <laughs> um, I'm told that that might be his fourth here as well yeah okay yeah I can believe that well the good news is that the Tower Motorsports Orica is on the back of one of our hard-working recovery vehicles now, that sort of breathing in through my teeth there, that's not a good sound as I'm looking to see just how badly damaged the right rear is. The, the rear wing is off, but bodywork damage is uh, not the issue here. They'll be worried about whether suspension has been broken, whether the drive shaft has been pushed back in to the gearbox. Owie. Uh, definite right rear suspension top and bottom arms look like they've gone now the question will be what has that impact done to the drive line probably a precautionary gearbox change and let's hope there's no damage to the mountings on of the tub or anything like that I mean it's it's rear suspension so that will mount onto the drive line components so that is now clear and we will reset the clock in a moment to give us the 39 seconds and then a checkered flag. I wouldn't be surprised to see several of these cars going out, John. If for nothing else, it means that the crews don't have to push them back. Oh, yes, that's a good point. They can just drive around yeah, the track leisurely and then yeah. go to pit in. And, and, and come straight back in, yeah. Now, let's see who I can see in some of these cars. The Acura... That is Tom Number Blomqvist. Number 60 is Tom Blomqvist because he's got the white and purple helmet. This is the car that has been fastest of every session bar the one it didn't take part in. So if it was out there, it was quickest. The Number 60 car. Meantime, uh, we've got the four-wheel steer. Big front loader rearranging the tyres at turn 7 that is going swimmingly well both BMWs on the pit lane haven't had the word yet from MSR uh, excuse me RLL as to why we didn't see it last time it was getting uh, scrutineered it was going through tech but if it was going through tech that suggests that they made it some changes you were allowed three visits through tech during this Roar session for each car within each team at your discretion, no more than three visits. So perhaps they were just utilizing their last one. Makes sense to make sure that you are absolutely sorted before you go qualifying because what you don't want to do is to go out there, get yourself a pole position and find out you're a mill low on your ride height or your rear wing's sticking out a bit too far. 
We're still under red flag conditions. One minute was added uh, to the clock. The clock is running down to 53 seconds. The green flag is out. And nobody's engine is fired. Okay, so they're just going to be pushed out of the pit lane. We have 21 seconds left. I presume then the 52 car will go around to the... Uh, to the victory circle share. Yeah, it will uh, drive further down the pit lane, be stopped by Johnny Knotts, be told to turn left through the Rolex chute, Check and then flag. make the left-hand turn into the podium area, a place that Ben Keating has been once in his history for Rolex purposes, and that was back in 2015, I want to say, with the Viper. Just before 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we should have the GTPs rolling out anytime shortly. It was meant to be on the nose 3 o'clock. It will be a little bit later because of that delay for the clear up after a red flag caused uh, ostensibly by the number eight John Ferrano driven Tower Motorsports Orica backwards into the tyres on driver's left as the car went through the middle of the Le Mans chicane at the same time or well, near enough we had the Proton competition Fred Pordad driven Orica the number 55 car the blue machine going straight on at turn six instead of turning left and going up onto the high banks. That was uh, a much easier recovery, in fairness. So it is as follows in LMP2. Power Matheson Motorsport on pole position from the 35 TDS racing car, Francois Errol. Then their team car with Stephen Thomas in the eleven. On the inside of row two. Francois Perodo on the outside of row two in the number 88 AF Corsa prototype. On the inside of row three, George Kurtz for the CrowdStrike 04 machine. 51 is on the outside of row three. That's Eric Lux for Rickware Racing, which leaves the number 20 of Dennis Anderson on the inside of row four for High Class Racing. And I'm missing a P2 car. Dwight Merriman for for Era in the next position. Sheer. Ben Keating has made his way into victory lane here at Daytona International Speedway. I'm sure that's something that he'll want to put on loop so he can listen to over and over and over again. Ben, 10 pole positions for you. Congratulations. This one looked like it was tricky. Ah, thank you, Shay. I really... It was tricky. It was tricky. You know, it is uh, uh, one of the negatives uh, of uh, the way we like to do the pit lane uh, out here is that, uh, you know, if you did well last year's season, then you start at that end. It means you start at the back of qualifying. And so uh, that makes it a little bit of a challenge, but while you're getting your tires warm. But the wind is drastically different today than it's been all week. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, going into the bus stop with a 20-mile-an-hour uh, tailwind instead of a 10-mile-an-hour headwind is a big difference, uh, and it was tricky through the bus stop today. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not surprised. I nothing against John, but uh, I had a couple big moments there. I was not surprised to see a, a car off there because it was, a tri it was the trickiest part of the track for sure. Uh, it's a high-risk section anyway, but... Uh, to have a big tailwind, it's a, it's, it was a completely different car in that section of the track. Uh, you know, I was, uh, 
you know, uh, Stephen Thomas didn't want to let me buy uh, to try to go out and get a clean lap, so uh, I, I uh, used him as a, uh, to give me a tow, which uh, uh, helped by about half a second around the banking, so I, uh, I'm grateful for that. Congratulations on the number one of the side of your car today. Let's hope it's still there next Sunday. Thanks, Shay. Paul Sitter then for the LMP2s, Ben Keating, and the number 52. That's the PR1 Matheson Motorsport wins Max Connect and Rainex sponsored machine. 20 minutes for the GTP cars. Shea, Adam, um, that was so high that only the Dolphins heard that. And it was only on Talkback. 20. I, I did say 20. Oh my goodness, that's a, a long qualifying session for the GTP cars. Now, hasn't there been some other changes to GTP qualifying? Is the, are they allowed well, to come in for extra tyres if they want to? Uh, ooh, that I don't know. Uh, the qualifying rules state that when a car leaves its pit box, if it comes back into the lane and stops in its pit box and anyone touches it, okay. it is disqualified, no adjusting of air pressures. Okay. I don't think they've made any changes as far as GTP is concerned. Okay. Uh, the other thing that we need to remember, these are the tires that they will start the race on. So 20 minutes for qualifying. They could take a lot of life out of the Michelins if they push too hard. As uh, Speaking of pushing too hard, I need to watch a race car being pushed back because it almost ran over my foot. All right, let me give you uh, drivers who have gone out. Tom Blockfist, we knew in the Acura ARX-06. Last champion of the DPI category in 2022, defending Rolex 24-hour winner. Yeah, he was with uh, Ollie Jarvis, of course, for yep. that, who's back this year in a P2, thinking he might be able to win overall <laughs> next weekend. It is Ricky Taylor, who's gone out in the number 10 Acura, and at the moment... I think that is the, uh, that's the sum total of cars that are out on the track. Just the two the Acuras. Wow. We're well, going uh, out in alphabetical order. Uh, next, uh, in the next two laps, it'll be the two BMWs that go out. <laughs> then the three Cadillacs. And finally, the two Porsches. Now, I'm, I'm making that up. That isn't the actual way they have to qualify. That would be amusing. Right? It would make sense to me. Yeah. I, I do like things ordered. You know that. Um, you Kanamaru, by the way, was the only... Um, sorry, not you, Kanamaro. The 18 Dwight, Dwight Merriman car was the only LMP2 that didn't get ahead of the LMP3s. I'm not counting the uh, Tower car and the 55 car because they were penalised their laps. So their times are way down in GTD land, but they will still start ahead of the LMP3s, which will start ahead of the GTDs. But GTD Correct. and GTD Pro will start as per their times. Uh, Ricky Taylor sets a 138.5 as his for opening gambit, if you will. Interesting what Ben Keating said about the wind, the yeah. tailwind in particular, and how it would have been easy for John Ferrano to lose it in the bus stop. That's something that these GTP drivers perhaps haven't been briefed about because they haven't talked to any of the P2 drivers, the two of them swapping off track right one behind the other. So it'll be a value of uh, discovery, a voyage of discovery for well, our Acura drivers right now. Except, of course, they had 15 minutes that they weren't expecting before yes. we started qualifying. And the wind is hasn't changed. Uh, it's, it's gotten harder now. It's, I was going to say it's got up a bit. If the stars and stripes opposite me, right in the middle of the fan area, is anything to go by, 
if uh. I walk towards pit in, my hair is beating me there, if you see what I mean. <laughs> if I walk towards pit out, it's a bit like a photo shoot. Okay. You're doing the total eclipse of the heart body Tyler thing with the, the big rock. I will not sing I'm not Nick Damon. I will not sing I'm not Nick Damon. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. We don't want people turning off IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. All right, then. History about to be made. First of this new generation of GTP races and therefore pole positions about to be set. Very long time flat out for the number 10 of Ricky Taylor who goes through. BMW moving, John. The 24-25 is going out onto the racetrack and that is a yellow helmet, I think. That is Nick Yellowly. 134.7 is the first flying lap for Ricky Taylor. And that, with all three sectors in purple, meaning he's fastest. We reckon that's the fastest lap of the weekend in GTD. Lap records, of course, to uh, GTP, excuse me. Both Porsches are moving. Sorry, Shay. Lap records will be set in the race, of course, but we can have a qualifying record. I'm prepared to allow that. Felipe Nasser, and I think that's still Philip Bang in the 24 BMW. I did not see who was behind the wheel of the number six Porsche. Is that still Nick Tandy? I'll tell you in a moment. Okay. Yes, it is Nick Tandy, uh, Nick Yellowly. So to the two Nicks in the six and the 25 BMW, six Porsche, 25 BMW. Oh, uh, we are only a second away uh, from the outright DPI race lap record. And Paul last year, a uh, qualifying record, excuse me. And Paul last year for DPI was Tristan Fortier. Just Tristan Fortier was a 34-0, so only seven tenths away from that. And these are cars that are not yet developed. And I'm being told by the teams, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm not seeing the, I, I, that I don't believe them. I do believe them. They are not really exploiting all of the performance. New fastest lap for Acura, for Ricky Taylor, a 34.295. These new GTP cars are showing what they can do in these short runs. We've not seen this speed all week so far. Track conditions are pretty good, 38 Celsius, 27 in the air for these guys. And back in along the pit lane for Tom Blomqvist. Oh, uh-oh. And he's two seconds off. Now, they can't touch the car. They've plugged something into it and put it up. Oh, yeah, they're, getting, they're doing a tire change. Maybe they are allowed a tire change I, for I GTP thought so. So off comes the first set of Michelins. Now, I wonder if that was a used set. And now they're going to put the stickers on. So this could get even faster. Felipe Nazar back behind the wheel of the number seven Porsche 963 with the black pinstripes. We still haven't seen Sebastian Bourdais move in the 01 Cadillac, John. That's the yellow one for Cadillac Racing. Yes, that's the only car that hasn't rolled down pit lane as yet. So a little different in terms of the qualifying for this race. 20 minutes, not 15. And the teams 
allowed to bolt on a new set of tyres within that 20 minutes. We're almost halfway through. I'm keeping an eye on through the binoculars. Tyres have gone back on the number 60 car. I'm waiting for that to hit the ground. So they'll be making sure they get into clear air. The blue fronted number two. Blue two. That's the Cadillac. Very low to the ground. And scraping the skid plate through turn three and four. And there was a downshift before it got to start finish there. That car hammering the skid block on the ground for a good 15, 20 yards. Now into the International Horseshoe. Cadillac, the biggest capacity engine, normally aspirated V8. And if you're trackside, listen to the downshifts. I would say it sounds like... I would say it sounds like gunfire, but it's actually more like a small field gun as they shift down. Last two cars that... Uh, or the only car we hadn't seen, the 01 Cadillac going out. That's the car with the yellow front. And the 60 goes back out on the, a second set of tyres for Tom Blomqvist. Ricky Taylor, 134.198 has improved again. So, very impressed by this. Teams have done a lot of testing a lot of distance and reliability testing there. Freely admit there's work to do on these cars. Drivers getting used to the systems and how they integrate with each other. Remember that this, these cars, chassis-wise and engine-wise, well, they've been worked on fairly closely, but some of the other components, notably, oh, big lock-up down at the International Horseshoe 4. That's the number... 31 wheel and Cadillac and Pipo Durrani just locked up the inside front the right front as it was unloading as he was turning in yeah, let me get back to, to my point there some of the other major components notably the hybrid system is an off the shelf component and has to integrate with the rest of the systems it hasn't been designed specifically for the individual cars as would happen in hypercars with say Ferrari, Peugeot or Toyota that means the drivers have got to do a little more in the cockpit in terms of changing some of the multi-switches fast lap coming in for Philippe Naza goes to second for the number 7 Porsche, Acura, Porsche Porsche, BMW, BMW Acura on an outlap for Tom Blomqvist and he'll have to bring those tyres up to temperature again. Driver's telling me that during the race next weekend, expect to see something maybe as much as 20 seconds a lap for the first couple of laps off the pace. Then the two Cadillacs in seventh and eighth. Seven minutes to go. And we've not yet seen anybody else in to the pits for a change of tyres. Ricky Taylor then holding sway by a tenth and a half from the two Porsches. Off, big off for Tandy. The left front of the car, and this again is at the 
middle of the bus stop. He's pulled away. It's bodywork only, but it's a lot of bodywork. The he was purple in section one and two. The left front suspension and the front wheel is not pointing in the correct direction. Bits of bodywork flying off the car as he tries to get it back. He is driving the car. And that is again at the same point. Ben Keating was telling us how difficult it is going in there with a very stiff tailwind. That effectively lifts the back of the car, of course, as you're turning it in. When you want the downforce under braking, you're not getting it there. Also, these cars much heavier than the DPIs they replace and also to a certain extent rely on the harvesting of electric power for some of their braking. Yeah, lost it immediately he turned in. The tyre barrier doing a cracking job at that point. The moment that he turned in, the back end was gone and that's the big disadvantage of having wind blowing behind you and negating the effectiveness of your aero going over the wing. Shea Adam is down at the Porsche Team Penske pit. And bodywork, well, and left front suspension, I guess, yeah? Yeah, for sure, the left front suspension and the bodywork. Uh, but the thing that really hurts is that the crew can't do anything to the car. They can't touch it during the session. Uh, the only team that changed tires was the Meyershank Racing team, but this is still a situation where under a red flag, cars come back to their pit boxes. Do not jump over the wall. Do not touch the cars. We are at five minutes to go, close to minimum green flag time. Yeah. Rather, uh, we're seeing, again, under the bodywork of the Porsche 963, uh, yeah, the engine cover, I think, shit, has been moved as well. And there's large, there is, uh, there are some rather large pieces of oh. bodywork. Nick Tandy gets the dubious honour of being uh, the first official in competition crash for a GTP car. Public. Yeah, in the, public, yes, the absolutely. The saddest thing yeah. that I can see, John, it's missing the P of Porsche across the back of the car. So oh, somewhere, just, Orsha. Oh, yeah, Orsha. Somewhere around the track, there is a silver P waiting as well. But yeah, the engine cover just with about a half inch gap now on the right hand side, still fitting perfectly on the left. Wow. Yeah. yeah well, it, Nick will lose his time, of course. He, his time. Two fastest laps. Two fastest laps, so that'll be the back of that part of the grid. That's the least of their worries at the moment. They'll have a late-ish night tonight. Was well up on the time in terms of uh, the first two sectors, so he was on a very, very good lap indeed. And... Uh, His best sector three before the accident was right there with what Ricky Taylor had done. So he was on a pull lap at that point. I think it's fair to say various pieces of Porsche coming back in the back of a pickup truck. Got to get across the line, though, to get credited with the points. Uh, no time recorded as yet by Sebastian Bourdais, of course, because he was just out when that red flag came out and that that's how you roll the dice when these uh, sessions uh, Blomqvist didn't get a lap on his second set of tyres so he's languishing 
uh, down in seventh position. All Green right, we're, we're talking about a 24-hour race. Now, Blomqvist can go again. Did anybody else change tyres there, Shea? No, no, no. Nobody was allowed to touch the car under red flag conditions. Oh, yes, good point. All right. Well, they won't have time to come round and do that now. So, uh, smoke them if you got them. you got to uh, play with what you've been given now. So, I'd watch Bourdais, because yeah. he's going to be on the freshest of all the tyres, having turned the fewest number of laps, and Blomqvist, of course, coming in for that pit stop. They can't tarry around this... Uh, lap we're down to two minutes now oh and interesting the uh konica minolta acura has not left its box clearly ricky taylor feels like what he's done is good enough for pole well in the or he's letting everybody else go uh his door is open alex lynn's door is closed as if he is going to resume in the zero two cadillac but ricky taylor is sitting quite comfortably a fast lap is a 34 we're down to a 140 now there's no time to get around and I think the zero one of Bordier has got to get a wiggle on here. He's at the back of the line, uh, in behind the 24 BMW of Philip Eng. So this is a one and done here. The drama of these short sessions. Uh, remember that the 60 car, Tom Blomqvist, stopped for tyres, but did not get his fast lap. The zero one car hasn't done a lap that's been scored. So at the moment, a 134.198 is where the target is at the 1 minute 34.198. One minute to the chequered flag. And pass has been made by Tom Blomqvist as he goes by one of the BMWs. He's aware he's only halfway around the lap at the moment. He's got to make the best of these new tyres. He's the only one that changed onto a second set. It's the number seven of Felipe Nazar who is coming out of Speedway Turn 4. To my left, I can see the distinctive low-lying lights at the front of that Porsche 963. Here we go then. Money on the line and points on the line for the start of the season. 35 points and the headlines and the press release. First GTP poll in the balance. One lap to do it. This is super, super pressure for all of these drivers. Felipe Nasser then with clear track ahead of him through the infield. Behind him is the Cadillac number 31 of people to Rani. The chequered flag is out. So everybody did just get through to start this lap. No sign of the Alex Lynn 02 or Ricky Taylor in the Acura they will not be challenging for this lap Tom Blomqvist quick quickest in that first sector it wasn't a good first sector nah, no it was fine by Philippe Nasser just wasn't as good as he's done in the past let's check the times in the middle sector it'll be Philippe Nasser who stops the stopwatch first 43-7 is the quickest of anybody 43-6 for Tom Blomqvist, this is Porsche versus Acura and MSR want to lead this session as they have done for all bar one of the previous sessions here at the Raw. It's between NASA and Blomqvist. Who's got the best car in the last sector? It will be Felipe NASA who comes through first now and stops the clocks at a 134.114. And there's Blomqvist goes through under a tenth, a 34-0 magnificent stuff 
Durrani does not improve his position. Alex Lynn didn't come out the pits. Bordet, with one lap to do it, gets on the outside of row two. That's pressure. Tom Blomqvist taking pole position by 0 0.08 of a second. 0 0.08 and 0.8 of a second for the field. Take Tandy out of that because he hasn't got a lap time. So the top eight, eight tenths between them. Tand Tandy was in that time. If he hadn't lost, if he hadn't caused the red flag, he will start in ninth position with a 134.453 is the best time that he will be allowed. The battle was between Porsche and Acura, Felipe Nazar and Tom Blomqvist, and it goes the way of Tom Blomqvist. The Brit takes it, and every session in which the 60 car from MSR has competed in this weekend, has been out there, they have been quickest, and the headlines belong to Acura and to Michael Shank and to Tom Blomqvist in the first GTP pool of this new era for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And Mike Shank has literally walked around this pit box hugging everyone he can find. Mike, Sorry, first pull, it's all good. You have a lot to celebrate with this, don't it, you? You know, it's a tribute to HPD, Honda, Acura, the team, the, all the engineers, all the mechanics, and especially that driver today. That driver today, for one lap, one, I mean, it's just incredible the risk we took, but boy, did it pay off. And you guys, defending series champions, you now come in with the 35-point advantage, so you're still leading the championship. That matters as well. I, it all matters. Every point we need, because the race is going to be a tough one. We knew we needed to get maximum points, but I just can't tell you this joy feeling I'm feeling right now for this team and all the folks at HPD, Dave Salters, Calvin Fu, everybody that works on this team with HPD, is, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's great. You guys have been prioritizing every session to try and get this pole position to be the fastest across the board every session. You participated in, you were P1. What does that mean? I mean, uh, David Salters put it on Wayne and I to, to prioritize this thing, and we did it. Both teams exceptionally well. We uh, had a great qualifying with both cars, and uh, we're really proud of the effort and the way the two teams have worked together in the last six months, specifically even during our DPI championship hunt. Uh, this, we knew, was always the priority, and we got it done. I'm just so freaking happy. Congrats, Mike. Go celebrate. And that David Soldiers you mentioned, that would be the head dog of HPD. Oh, yeah. Uh, the expat Brit. Uh, and Tom Blonkfish should be back with you. I, su I suppose he's got to go round to Victory Lane. You couldn't hitch a lift, could you, Shay, to uh, manage to get uh, Yeah, if, if it wasn't an electrified car, I might be a little bit more inclined. <laughs> um, I did actually study the briefing very well to figure out when it is safe to touch the car and when it's not. Um, so I know that if there is any blue on the car, you do not touch it. Correct. Um, but, yeah, it's just green right now. Very interesting that, that uh, Acura, uh, the top brass at Acura, very keen on uh, MSR prioritising their single lap speed and indeed every time that they have been involved in a session this week uh, they have topped the charts it's I, I think the majority of them were Acura's one and two in fairness until that uh, uh, session that extra session that we had earlier on today to give them an opportunity to run uh, in dry conditions before that qualifying session Blomqvist just waiting for the roll into the uh, 
victory lane area. There's a green light on the side of the car, which is what uh, Shea was talking about. So that means they can push that car. And all of the cars in that qualifying session went faster than the previous best that we've seen this week. And Blomqvist, three one-thousandths of a second faster than the pole position of the, the last DPI pole position set here last year, Tristan Vautier's time. Uh, that is an extraordinary feat for these cars. For these cars in their first flush of development as opposed to a DPI six years into its development cycle. So if we thought that the, the look and the sound and the excitement of Porsche coming back was a, enough for us in GTP, we've got the pace already. We've got the pace. Now, have we got the reliability? That is very a very interesting question. And also you might be asking if they're already as fast or faster than DPI, did they really need to slow down the P2s? I think that will be looked at going forward. Uh, maybe not this year, but certainly going forward. Shea Adam is uh, making her way to the victory lane area. We will try and get a word with Tom Blomqvist before we go off air. He's just taking his helmet off now, John. Uh, might be able to dive in there as he pulls that shiny purple and white lid off. That was quite a display from Tom Longfist, who did qualifying a few times last year and put it on pole more than a few times Shit, as that, well. But that's another one of these things where it's all good, it's all good, get tyres, oh, red flag, we're not going to get out. And then, oh, yes, we are. I mean, that, that's great mental acuity and being able to re press a big reset button in your head. Exactly. And for Tom, I, I really want to know, did that extra set of tires make the big difference? Because he was the only one in the entire pit lane who had that advantage. Let me just uh, cut through here. Mike Levitt and Rick Dole taking some photos for IMSA. And Tom, it's another pole position, except this time it's at the World Center of Racing. That had to be an incredible lap. And that's David Salter who's just cut in. Yeah, we could we could do a team interview here for Tom Blomqvist. When you only had one lap to get it done, you got it done. Yeah, that was that was a bit wild. I mean, I had no I had no real reference to be honest. I just kind of had to wing that one a bit. Uh, I mean, I knew I had a good car. I knew if you know it was under me, I could do the job. But yeah, I mean, the tires weren't even up to temperature. I just kind of licked the stamp and send it sort of thing. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, fantastic job by HPD Acura, uh, my team, MSR, Orica. You know, they've obviously built a fantastic car, so, uh, yeah, it's just really promising ahead of uh, next weekend. But, you know, it is 24 hours of racing before uh, we can, you know, set our sights on being back here again for another year. So, uh, yeah, a lot of work still ahead of us. So what was the mindset? What's the pressure? Everyone knows there aren't spares available. You can't crash the car, and you just see someone damage the car, and you've got one lap. How do you put that together mentally to go out and perform? I don't know. I think I'm obviously probably... Crazy. That. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit lucky with some genetics that some things <laughs> don't phase me. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, obviously I've still got a lot of confidence after last year. And, and the team obviously have full faith in me to do the job, which, which, yeah, makes my life, you know, so much easier and so much more relaxing when I'm in the car. And I think that just enables me to extract, you know the right kind of performance that everyone in this uh, operation deserves. So, 
Yeah. Congrats. Well done. Thank you. Tom Blum, and Tom, you finished here one year ago, standing right where we're standing. Is this the way that you get back there the easiest? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's this is an, a little bit of you know icing on the cake for for the guys over the, all the work that they've done you know over the winter and and in the build up to this event um, because you, know, you wouldn't understand how much work you know every single one of you know not only obviously our team but Honda HPD also you know IMSA there's so much work that's gone into the background to to make sure we're here today you know running in in in, in Angus so. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic, and I got to say thanks to them. And, and yeah, it's it's obviously really promising that we've we've got this vehicle under us. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for the year ahead. You were the only car out of all the GTP cars that put an extra set of tires on it. That was clearly predetermined. Is that what made the difference? Well, to be honest, um, you know, we didn't push on the first set. It was kind of just uh, you know, I scrubbed them in a bit and um, and put some temp in the car just to make sure everything was working. And then I was like, oh no, we just got done over with with that rig coming at that time and and yeah I was a bit nervous going back out you know because I just literally did the outlet before so I didn't really have any temp in the tires and I kind of just had to like I said just just go for it and kind of trust what I had underneath me but you know I got to thank you know, everyone who's put the energy into this car that you know given given us that confidence to push it like that so easily so yeah I'm, I'm really excited congrats Tom thank you cheers well plenty of drama for the first qualifying sessions of 2023. Congratulations to all of our Paul sitters, to Winwood in GTD, to WeatherTech in GTD Pro. It was Sean Creech Motorsport in the LMP3 category. And, of course, the wins, 52, Ben Keating car in LMP2. And for the first time in this new GTP era, there can only be one that does it for the first time, and it's Tom Blomqvist, Acura, ARX 06, MSR, topped every session in which they took part this weekend. With all that drama, the twists and turns, all of the plot that was in there, just about enough for a Robert Ludlam novel. How about the Shank supremacy? That's it from us for this weekend. For all of our staff both here on site and up in Charlotte thank you very much indeed for joining us it's been a lot of hard work but a lot of fun and we'll kick things off on Wednesday with midweek motorsport three o'clock eastern eight o'clock in the UK all of our schedule is on imsaradio.com special thanks to Tim and the rest of the team uh, with Rob back in London John Hindorf wishing you a very good Sunday wherever you are in the world we've kicked 2023 and IMSA competition off in style. The 61st running of the Rolex 24 Hours is next. And it's all live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.